Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're talking about ghosting. And I don't mean... Ghostbusters. Yeah, or anything of that nature. No, we're not we're... talking about the paranormal. <laughs> yeah, so what we're well, talk... We might not be normal, <laughs> but that's something else. Well, so by ghosting, we mean that radio silence you hear after the hiring team has demonstrated interest in you uh, and the role had promise and we're going to move forward. And It could be the company. It could be a networking contact. It could be anybody. The idea that someone has expressed interest in you in some fashion to some degree and then as you send your follow-up or you're, you're trying to get feedback, you don't hear anything back. Whenever I am asked about this, I always start with the idea that it probably has nothing to do with you. This is one of those, and I know we've said this in prior podcasts, it's one of those things where it's hard not to wonder what did I do mm. wrong when most of the time it has nothing to do with you. Uh, that's great advice, Scott, but I did the networking, I did the application, I've been through interviews. They said they were going to send me an offer. And then, uh, heaven only knows, I have been in a position where I was the hiring manager and something happened where we had to delay the hire. Now, I had the presence of mind to let the applicant know, you know, we're, we're having to put this on hold. We'll understand if you find another job before this one, is, you know, we can move forward on it. That's the thing. A lot of people get busy and they don't think about the things they don't think about. And getting back to an applicant is probably one of those things they don't think about. Try not to take it personally. If there is something to learn from it, the lesson will show up. It is what it is. Right. And you don't control the internal workings of an organization. That means you should go to the next one, yes. It also means you need to take notes. What does that say about the organization? Is that something that's happening consistently with them? Is this an indicator of what the future looks like for you? That's a really if good If you point. want an organization where you feel like you're being valued. I've been in this situation and I've talked to people. When you're unemployed, it's really hard to pick and choose. If you are in a position where you need a job, it's hard not to just take whatever comes along. To your point, if you're taking notes on how they treat the applicant, the chances are pretty good they're going to be treating their, their employees the same way. So if the treatment you're getting as an applicant isn't what you would want to deal with on the job, Bear that in mind as you continue to try to, to work your way in. There may be some unpleasantness involved uh, if you actually landed the job. And this cuts both ways. That means if you have control over the ghosting, you should probably not do it. Thank you. And if you're yeah. the company or you're the applicant, doesn't matter. Don't ghost people. I think the, the, the easy explanation for a lack of follow-up is that it's out of sight, out of mind. Oh, I forgot. And okay, it's also just as easy when you put the appointment on your calendar to actually meet with this person at that time, put a reminder for a week later to follow up. And that, it's a very simple process. Yeah. Or even schedule another meeting. I think that's valuable advice. If you're in a position where you've had an interview and you are not clear on the next step, 
schedule something to have a follow-up meeting, not, hey, I'll just follow up in a week. I think about this, uh, there have been times when someone asks me, what, what can we do to follow up? And really, I want, as the, the hiring manager, I want control over that because I don't know how long it's gonna take me to get through the interviews. I don't know uh, exactly when the start times would be. And so I want to maintain a certain amount of control. With that said, I'm also aware that somebody who's looking for work needs to know what the next steps are and that we follow up in a timely way. So there are all sorts of excuses why people don't follow up. Don't be that person. Don't be the one who lacks the follow up. Be sure that you're sending follow up and it is critical if it's a position you're actually interested in. That applies for the candidate, the applicant as well. So if you're an Completely. applicant and you've been given, let's say they even said, hey, I'm sending you an offer and here it is. Or, hey, here's an offer you accept and you don't show up for work. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, these that, are. That has happened to me where I hired someone who never showed. Obviously, won't hire them again. Just know that this says a lot about your brand. It does. And do you want that brand going forward? Because I don't know about your town, but here in Portland, it it's a small, small community. Yeah. And people will find out eventually. Yeah. And. And you're going to run out of references at that point. I, I do think that there are good reasons why people don't follow up, but the, the really good reasons are few and far between. The one thing that I would do, though, is if you find that you've, you've dropped the ball, own that. When you do contact the other person, uh, let them know, hey, I know I dropped the ball. I apologize. I'd like to get everything back on track. By owning it, people are much more likely to give you a second chance if you just sort of ignore the fact that you were supposed to contact them two weeks prior and, hey, just wanted to follow up. Uh, they probably are not going to have the same reaction. What we're suggesting here is make sure that you follow up, you own it, and then actually follow up. You don't want to create a series of times where you're always having to apologize yeah. as well. If every conversation and, starts with, I'm sorry, there's a problem. Yeah. That means they're, you know, I could list a thousand things, right? They're too busy. They're too lazy. They're, they're themselves looking for a job, right? On the corporate right, side, right? right. right? Um, or, you know, like a friend of mine um, just was diagnosed with cancer. I mean, we don't know who the person is on the other end of the line. Right. And, and things happen. You don't control that side of it. You only control your own activities. That means what you can do about it is don't make a promise you can't keep. And, and don't make an offer that you can't follow up on. There's also the idea that you actually, I think, taught me years ago in how to follow up after you've made your application, but to follow up with other people in the organization to try and see what the, the timeline looks like. Get a pulse on that job opening. Because I, I remember talking to someone, I had applied for a position, this was years ago, applied for a position, and it actually had been put on hold, but they weren't letting anybody know that the, the recruiter wasn't. I happened to have a conversation with somebody else in the organization who was able to find out for me, oh, that's been put on hold. I had a completely different reaction once I knew that. Now, as it happens, I got a job somewhere else, 
but at least I wasn't wondering why that hadn't worked out for me. It was, again, completely out of my control. It had yeah. nothing to do with me. In working, talking to other people in the organization, you get a better idea of how things flow anyway. And if you know someone who has any contact with recruiting, and at some point they probably did, then you're probably going to get a better idea of how things function. Network in, try different avenues to get information about the, the process. And what you might learn is that in many organizations, recruiting sits in a different function. It's not in the operation all right. the time. Right. And that means they operate differently Very. than the actual operation that you're going to be working in. If it's a, anything a mid-size or larger company, you can guarantee that the recruiters are working somewhere else. Uh, it may be the same building, it may not. They're going to be filling a very different role from what's happening, happening operationally. That's why we encourage you, if you're not looking for jobs in HR, don't spend a lot of time there if you don't have to. HR people will tell you that. I've worked in HR for years, and we're not the ones you need to be spending your time and energy on unless you're trying to get into our department. Okay. I'm trying to get in your department. Then I just schedule the meeting, right? Well, it's something like that. But <laughs> at least you'll be able to talk shop and you'll have an idea of what they may be going through. To your point, unless you're looking for a job in HR, don't spend a lot of your time there. Yes, if that's the gatekeeper, you want to build a good relationship. That isn't where the depth needs to happen. You should really be focusing on building your relationships with people in operations, about operations, and so they see you in their operations. Trust is the number one key to getting hired, and that is really the only way to develop trust is through a referral or right. a direct relationship. Yeah. And what we're suggesting is because HR is a different function, it may operate differently. And that means they may be understaffed. There oh, may yeah. be a lot of reasons, but no excuse makes it feel better when it happens That's to you. That's true. And what we, I would encourage you to do is just take another swing, right? Go find another company. Remember what got you to that interview in the first place. Go do more of that because you're, you're going to drive yourself crazy waiting for someone else to take action on your candidacy. I may have said this before, but I generally follow the idea that you follow up the week after an interview or initial contact. I then wait two weeks for a second follow-up, uh, wait another two weeks with a third follow-up, and in that message say, hey, I'm interested and I don't want to pester you, so I now leave the ball in your court, hope to hear from you, and leave it at that. Because if after six weeks you haven't heard from them, it's time to move on. It may be time to move on. It may be time to just set them on an incubation schedule to it, follow up with the person in the operation rather sure, than sure. Your, your HR gatekeeper. But that the, the active, the, the active follow-up is really keep that short. Allow the relationship to live on its own as best you can through your networking with the people in the industry that do what you want to do, not about the job itself. And don't stop looking until the day you start work. I agree with I, that too. Someone can promise you an offer. That doesn't mean you're going to get one. 
I've even and, known people who are given an offer, they accept the offer, and then something happens and the job was discontinued. So they never got hired. And so they never started. Right. Never stop looking until the day you start work. Yep. And this is coming from a lot of experience on this side of the microphone. Right. right. Is I've seen it more than once where someone, they're in a search, they went through all the interviews, they got the promise of, of an actual offer, and they say, well, my job's done. Right. And they stopped looking. The offer never came, and they were two, three weeks down the road. Hey, where's my offer? Right. Sorry, it's not coming. And now I'm starting from zero. Uh, yeah. I have no other opportunities in the pipeline. Right. I echo your advice. Don't stop looking until your first day on the job. If you're to look at that kind of idea, this relates a lot to what we talk about in terms of mindset. And the mindset is I'm not stopping until I'm never stop looking. I'm always going to network, right? It's keeping that rhythm, that cadence going, even though, hey, I've got the job and I started working, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to start this process over again with a little more deliberate approach proactive, whatever that looks like, right. something that says, okay, you know what? I do believe in fairy tales, okay? Every story has a happy ending. What, so if your mindset is that, okay, I'm going to go look for the next happy ending. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> so, you know, whatever you thought, you know, so you said it earlier, imagined, right? Imagine what it would be like, mm -hmm. right? And if that happened, what would that mean for you, right? You start right. thinking about that for yourself, Ultimately, I've known of uh, several people who couldn't find their happy ending, so they created their own, and they went into business for themselves. Now, that, that's not necessarily for everybody. That also is an option. And when I've been on that fine edge where you do the consulting work and people don't want to hire a consultant because they don't want your time and attention drawn away from their work. But at the same time, I will never stop doing what I love doing. You can either employ me full time and I'll devote myself to it. Or if you're not going to engage me, then, you know, that's fine. I'll do what you need me to do, but I'm going to continue to do the things that I love. And it can be a hobby for now. Whatever. A side hustle, yeah. whatever, you know, a contract, a, a freelance and thing on the side. Uh, how common is it. the gig economy now? I mean, we, Huge. many of us have second, secondary of, uh, of sources. We, well, we can go into a whole podcast sure on, on side gig. But the, the idea here is that ghosting happens, yes, but it's not your problem. It, it's, it's the company's problem. And they need to do something about it. And if you talk to any forward-thinking HR leader... He's going to tell you, we would never operate that way. And that's how you know that you have a good HR department is how do they treat their candidates? Because they recognize that the candidate is also possibly a customer or also is going to carry that into the future. Sure. And with things like Glassdoor, they can't afford that. That's another podcast that we could do. But I really don't be the ghost and don't take it personally when you're ghosted. That does it for this episode at Job Seekers Radio. You can get all the show notes and resources in the link down below or at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 056. While you're there, you should see the link to a free resource that we've created. It's called Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. It's an ebook that Andrew and I have put together. Would love it if you download that and take it to heart. Yes. And it comes actually with a series of audio 
Right. So there's the there's the ebook, and then there's audio that comes with that that cool. walks you through the anatomy of the conversation itself. So thank you for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Your investment of time and attention is greatly appreciated. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to get those future episodes. While you're there, click the five star. Please. I don't know. You don't have to click a five star, but at least leave us a rate and review. We like the feedback and we like to spread the message. So do whatever you can on that side. If you have questions for us, let us know. There are multiple ways to get in touch with us. So let us know if there's something that you want us to discuss specifically, and we'll be happy to do that. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. Until next time, according to Justin Timberlake, the best part about being alone is that you really don't have to answer to anybody. You do what you want. Love it. Bye-bye.